everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to Friday. We made it, Big J. 23rd day of October 2020. My name is Nick. There's Big J right over there. Yep. As we head into yet another weekend around the Treasure Valley, what are the plans for you this weekend? Um, You know, not a whole lot. Probably, uh, well, I, I'm going to be finishing off an installation of something that I started last week. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. It'll probably give you a report on Man Up uh, Friday, on Man Up Monday. Can you say what the installation is? Yes, yeah, some ring cameras. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. I've got some. We've got some additional security cameras that we're putting up, but, but they're you know the the ring that we installed uh, last week went went in really easily. So better than expected. Yeah, beautiful. What else did like? Uh, how many other cameras you have to put in? Seventy five. That's a lot. The Big J compound will be securely protected. Yeah, yeah. Two, two, two more cameras. Beautiful. Uh, and so hopefully that goes error-free for you. That's exactly what you want. And if you listen to the show today, you are going to get yourself some fun. We are going to talk to Steve Byrne today. He is our comedian friend. He's got a brand new movie out. We're going to talk to him all about that. We also have a chance for you to go to Haunted World over the course of the show today. That's going to be a thing. we got some Halloween-flavored pop culture smackdown coming up in the 8 o'clock hour and all sorts of additional fun and excitement for your Friday, including a life lesson from the aforementioned Big J happening today as well. So we should kick things off with some music. That's how the show starts. Mm-hmm. STP, Interstate Love Song, on the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X Rocks. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Uh, if you're looking for good news when it comes to Idaho's coronavirus numbers, you ain't going to find it here. Or anywhere, really, uh, if you're being honest. Over a thousand new cases and nine deaths reported yesterday. 1,083 to be exact. Uh, of that number, 886 confirmed, 197 probable. Idaho now reporting 50,235 confirmed, 56,600 with the probable cases added on to it. Tons of hot spots yesterday. Ada County taking the crown, 231 cases there. Twin Falls at 122. Canyon 89, Twin Falls 83, or excuse me, Idaho Falls 83. Nine new deaths confirmed as well. And we had the positivity data that I showed, promised you yesterday that came out. Oh. Uh, and it ain't good either. <clears throat> What's uh, that at? Positivity rates at 12.2%. Oh, my God. Which is well past double the national average. Uh, it's up from 11.3% the previous week. Uh, and so 30,000 tests performed. 27,221 recoveries have been made, but we still sit at an all-time high at hospitalization and ICU numbers here in the state as of press time yesterday, so it's just not doing great right now. It is not doing great. Uh, The spikes are pretty high and significantly at that, so once again, a reminder, uh, I don't know, I don't know, just wear your mask, be careful, stay at home, don't go out. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Stay away from other people, six feet, social distance, all that stuff is a very, very good idea right now. We have yet to talk about this, and I, I want to prepare you, as I'm not going to ask you right away, but uh, Boise State's kicking off its football season tomorrow, Big J. I know. Talk about sneaking up. Uh, it, they will uh, kick off against Utah State, 5, 10 p.m. at Albertson Stadium. Of course, no fans allowed. Probably a very good idea, considering the numbers right now. But cardboard cutouts, similar to what other college and professional teams have done with local health restrictions. So that's going to be happening. 
We'll get your final score prediction next hour, Big J. So start thinking. Yeah. State favored by uh, 15 and a half. Here's a problem. I mean, I don't remember being asked to be a cardboard cutout to you. Uh, We're n- local celebrities, damn it. Yeah, but yeah, I think I, I'm almost positive that because of the contract that they have, that they we can't even do anything with Boise State. We're not allowed to even, like, uh, we, we can't go to their press conferences. We're not allowed to talk mm, to their players. That's not true. That is true. We cannot talk to their when players. When did this happen? That's part of the contract that, uh, that, that Deerfield Sports has. Like it's it's restricted only to the group that has the broadcast rights. So, unless it's a bowl game or a special thing, what what I'm saying is I'm not saying we can't we can't go to the press conference. I shouldn't say that. But what I am saying is we're not allowed to have them on the show as a separate guest. Does that make sense? We can't yeah. call up the, the the sports information director and go, hey, how about them? Eh, sorry, it's not how it works. It's a very exclusive deal, I should say. So that's probably why. I'm going to say that anyway, and not because they don't know we exist. How about that? Hmm. Will that make you feel a little no. bit better? That there's some sort of contractual obligation no. that they can't They should do be it? trying to break their contract. Uh, did you watch any of the Thursday Night Football game last night? Of course I did. I'm a football fan. Your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, the Giants would have won had Daniel Jones not tripped himself running. No, that's not true at all. They still scored on that drive. Uh, okay. Uh, did you watch the game? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was Evan Ingram that dropped a pass that cost him the game, probably. Uh, and so, either way, listen, the Giants are a terrible football team, and the Eagles should probably be embarrassed that it took that kind of comeback to come back and beat them. But they did. Uh, it was a 18-yard uh, touchdown pass to Boston Scott with 40, 40 seconds left to give them the lead by one point and uh, overall win. Uh, 22 to 21, but the game really did end on the on the Daniel Jones fumble, as most things have done, because uh, Daniel Jones loves. To well, turn but ball. but let's yeah yeah, but it, you know the the 80 yard run was impressive. Yeah yeah, should have been an 80 yard touchdown. No kidding. Tripped over the 10 yard line, but what are you gonna do? Uh, they did end up scoring on that. But that on that, that, that 10 yard line came out of nowhere. It really did. They had no idea what was happening. Uh, we got an issue with Sunday Night Football. The NFL has moved some things around. Uh, basically as kind of a punishment for the Raiders, as the Raiders are dealing with some coronavirus issues. Basically, they don't have an offensive line right now. Well, so, I think it's more a preventative measure in case they can't go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they've got issues, and so the NFL wanted to secure, to make sure there's a Sunday night football game, so they've moved the Seattle-Arizona game to Sunday night football and moved the Buccaneers-Raiders game to a late afternoon kickoff on Sunday, if it happens at all, we won't know. Probably, I mean, right now it seems like it's it's on, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Four offensive linemen and Jonathan Abram, the safety, were all put on the reserve list yesterday for the Raiders, and so we'll see what ends up happening with the test. Either way, uh, that Raiders and Buccaneers game is no longer on Sunday Night Football, so you're going to have to deal with that. The announced the lineup to 2021 Aftershock Festival. Some of it was a surprise, other of it not so much, because uh, Metallica and My Chemical Romance were the big headliners, as they were supposed to be for the 2020 version. So that hasn't changed. Uh, Metallica will still perform uh, two unique sets, one on Friday and one on Saturday, and then My Chemical Romance will headline on Saturday the 9th. It's taking place October 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, four days at uh, Discovery Park in Sacramento, California. Other bands on the lineup, well, it's pretty much everybody you've ever heard of is on the lineup for Aftershock next year. Uh, Limp Bizkit, Rancid, Offspring, Social Distortion, Rise Against, Volbeat, uh, Mastodon, Gojira, Seether, Parkway Drive, Hatebreed, all of these bands, plus tons more, are included in the four-day lineup for 
the Aftershock Festival. So it's a big one, it's a good one, and here's hoping that about a year from now, it will be able to take place. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be excited right now. It is, because if you would have told me in February that this is going to happen in October, even with the pandemic, I would have said, yeah, yeah, I think we can have this thing under control uh, in seven months, eight months. Uh, but we very much have not. And so I don't know what it's going to look like in a year. I just hope to hell that it's in line. We got this thing in check and we can have music festivals again a year from now. Big J's Life Lesson on the morning after with Nick and Big J. And today's life lesson, Nick, is uh, don't do the easy thing. Don't give up. Because that is the easy thing. And uh, I would, uh, after uh, I don't know how many months now, Nick, we've been doing Man Up Monday. But um, uh, it would be easy for me to throw my hands up in the air and give up on anything that revolves around trying to do any home improvements uh, in the house <laughs> and uh, let other people handle it. But uh, we, you know, took advantage of some of the sales happening with Amazon Prime Day and uh, we picked up a ring doorbell. And so, uh, you know, amongst some of the other things that we'll get into uh, coming up Monday, uh, I had the chance to, uh, well, I, let's see, I was given the task of installing this. And, uh, and so I was like, I looked at my wife. I'm like, really? You you think I should do this? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, you're right. I should. What am I talking about? I'm a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went and I followed the directions, Nick, and I installed it. Nice. And it was successful. And I'm going to tell you, the esteem that I gained from that is uh, I feel I'm unbeatable at this point. Was it a difficult installation? Was it like uh, drilling and, and, and marking and, and cutting out things from your house? Yeah, I had to mark things and yeah. I had to drill things. Nice. I mean, it was just, you know, your standard fare. Um, and uh, and then I realized I made a mistake and I, I fixed it. <laughs> and then we, we got it all together and it, and it works wonderfully. And, I, and it has had unintended consequences as now the ring at our front door is a comedy hub for uh, for my kids who like to leave messages there and uh, their significant others. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, if you uh, you know follow the Big J on um, social media, you'll probably see some of those things. But uh, now it's called Tales from the Schlater Ring um, because, you know, why not? They, they want to leave stories and weird things. It'll probably wear off at some point uh, as uh, we get used to the technology, but it's nice to know when, when somebody's coming to your door. I've seen a couple uh, you know, delivery drivers drop stuff off, uh-huh. uh, so it, it gets a stamp of approval for me anyways, but yeah, the installation was pretty easy, even though we have a vinyl siding and um, uh, the, the, the point of it all is, though, that you know, I could have just said somebody else should handle it and uh, instead I decided, you know what, I'm not going to give up because that's the easy thing to do. I'm going to keep fighting I'm not a quitter, man. No, and you screwed it up and were able to fix it. Yeah. Nice. So uh, don't quit, don't give in, and never surrender. Oh, you mean in other words this? No, never give up, never surrender. Yes. Okay. Yes, even if you've fooled an alien race into thinking that you're a captain of a starship. Morning After with Nick and Big J, there's your life lesson. Important stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Look at us. Uh, important stuff brought to you by the Idaho Lottery. You in it to win it, my friend? The Idaho Lottery's $1 million raffle has the best odds of winning a million bucks, and it's on sale now. Played before November 3rd for a chance to win $1,000 in daily prizes, which is pretty dang cool. We've got a good news, bad news situation. We'll start with the bad news first because that's how we roll, Big J. 
If you had to guess, when a survey was done across the entire United States of America, and they asked, hey, everybody, what's the most hated state in the United States? What do you think they said? Missouri. Missouri didn't even crack the top ten. Why would you hate Missouri so much? I don't know. Why not? (laughs) No, this one's a little bit more made fun of in popular culture. Uh, Everybody seems to look down on it on a regular basis. It's actually kind of obvious when I give you the answer, but any real guesses? Outside of Missouri? Uh, Maine. No. Uh, No. New Jersey. New Jersey is apparently the most hated state in the United States of America. Should it even be a state? Uh, People make fun of it a lot. People look down on it a lot. Hey, why are you making fun of my state? There you go. See? It gave you an opportunity to do the impression that you do. Uh, And so it was pretty interesting. But it was the results that believed uh, what was the best and worst place to live. And I tell you what, it was the hated index they came up with of the 50 states. New Jersey was the most hated state, followed by Texas, then California, then Oklahoma, and then Florida as the most hated top five state. But if you're going to have a most hated index, you're going to have a most loved index as well. Do you have any idea as to why the mo- what the most loved state in the union was? Um, Let's see. I'm going to go with... Probably Florida. No, no, Florida. California. Was, no, you listen, it can't be most loved if it's most hated. I'm oh, talking Florida? about the bottom oh, of the that. list. Florida, you missed me saying California and Florida. Yeah, I, I, I was focusing on Missouri. So Missouri's the favorite place. No, no, that would be Idaho, Big J, was the most really? loved state. Yes. Well, Basically, most of those people don't live here then. That's exactly why. Uh, it, it was one of the most reasons why it was labeled as the most loved was because people didn't have didn't know anything about it enough to complain about it. <laughs> is what it boiled down to. Oh boy, what a treat! But it does give us another list to be on top of, so we love doing that. Well, who wouldn't want to be on top of a list? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what that list. I mean, I can't imagine uh, you know New Jersey's happy about being on the top of the most hated list, but it's nice. To I be think the most even loved. people that live in New Jersey get that. Probably they hate themselves. Uh, a lot of the people that I know that live there are moving as far away as they can get. <laughs> Boise State's going to open up its football season tomorrow against Utah State. We've uh, teased it, and now there's an answer. Big J, your final score prediction for the game. I have no idea. How how can we have any idea what an outcome would be? Spoiler alert, uh, we never have any idea what the outcome would be. No, but I mean, at least we have, uh, you know, Well, you know who the starting quarterback is going to be, you know, about the running back situation. Um, Let's go uh, go 42 to 28. All right. 42 to 28. Big J says It'll be much closer than that, I'm the sure. Broncos win, but do not cover. It's going to be weird, man. Yeah, in the game with no uh, no fans in the attendance, for sure. It'll be weird. Kickoff 510, uh, Fox Sports 1 will have the game tomorrow night if you would like to watch it. Eagles beat the Giants 22-21 in a comeback win on Thursday Night Football last night. Uh, the Giants had that game in the bag and then just crapped it right down their leg in the last uh, 90 seconds of it all. NFL has moved things around for Sunday Night Football. It'll now be the uh, Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals playing on Sunday Night Football. It was originally supposed to be the Buccaneers and the Vegas Raiders, but Raiders are having some COVID issues, and the NFL is really not sure if that game's going to happen or not, and so they want to make sure there's a Sunday Night Football game, and that's the way to do it. In case the Raiders game gets canceled or postponed or whatever, at least you'll still have a Sunday Night Football game to look forward to. Third time the Seahawks are on Sunday Night Football this season in six, seven, seven games. Yeah, seven weeks. Uh, the first two games of the World Series uh, that happened, the lowest rated in the history of the series, Big J. So now it is the part where you tried to defend the Dodgers that you made the claim for the highest 
ratings ever. Go ahead. Please. I, I have no... I have no uh, defense. We'll see what ends up happening. Game three is. Why tonight. do you think that is? Uh, I, I think. Well, I, I, one of it, I, I do believe it's a little bit of the matchup thing. I don't think it has the drama of a game seven. Game sevens are always a big deal. I think the Braves being a TBS and a national, uh, you know, spotlight on a regular basis has a lot of fans across the country. I think that plays a part in it as well. And I just think that people, I don't know, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I don't expect the World Series to do very well. The Rays aren't exactly an exciting matchup, despite the fact that they are probably legitimately the best team in the American League. I don't think there's a lot of people that are passionate about it. And so that's, that's a thing. It's a real thing. It's a real issue. Uh, and so I don't think the ratings will continue to improve unless, you know, there's some drama involved in the games back and forth. I mean, it being tied 1-1 may help a little bit. Who knows? Big J, uh, John Stanky has got an unfortunate name, but he is the chief of AT&T, and he has admitted that the company is not happy with the results of Tenant, the Christopher Nolan drama. Uh, he said that the, the, the network, the network, the company has altered its expectations because of COVID, and he can say that they're disappointed by it. They knew it wasn't going to make as much money as they wanted to without COVID, but they still, you know, kind of thought that people would come out and check it out, but it didn't. And so he says that Tenant certainly wasn't a home run, but we are happy that they released it, that they did. And that's the one thing for me, I guess, that's going to be disappointing is that, you know, Tenant is one of those movies that's probably going to be like, oh, it was disappointing because of COVID and not in spite of it. But I really you're like, like but I, you're like, it's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's not, it's not a tear. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just the worst Christopher Nolan movie he's ever done, and it's 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 purposefully confusing, and I I, I mean a lot of it, the movie I still don't understand. I've tried to figure it out, but uh, I've also decided it's not worth the effort. And so I can say I've seen it, but I would really wondered what this would do and what the general public would think about this movie if if it had a fair shake. If it had, right? if everybody had a chance yeah. to see it, I wonder if it would have been like, oh, but, but I mean, like you know, Inception's one of those movies where you know sometimes it could be a little smart for the room, but at least you can walk away going, okay, I kind of have an idea of what happened there. With Tenant, I challenge you to tell me what the hell's going on in that movie. I'm excited for your explanation for it. Well, I mean, you kind of knew that by watching the trailer, well, I right? Mean, well, not really, because, you know, Christopher Nolan's purposely obtuse on, on a lot of the trailer stuff that he puts out. But this one is is different altogether. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of weird stuff going on and a lot of confusing things. Anyway, I want you to see it so you can see if you I can see if you can tell me if you liked it or even understood it. Morning I'll tell after. You now, I don't understand it. <laughs> with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hell. On 100.3, the X rocks. We are headed to Tennessee for today's We're Going to Hell story. Hawkins County, Tennessee, to be specific. And it's almost as if the animals listen to our show, Big J. Yeah, and why wouldn't they? We were talking about, yeah, it's, we have a real Snow White quality to ourselves. And it, it was it was not too long ago that we were talking about how snakes may be the ones that we really need to look forward to for the uprising. But uh, the monkeys say, not so fast, my friend. Hold my beer. Not so fast, my hey, friend. Hey, snake, hold my beer. <laughs> As deputies had to respond to an unusual call this week regarding a problem that apparently has become very familiar to residents of this one small Tennessee neighborhood. Damn monkey attacks, Big J. According to the Hawkins County Sheriff's Office report, deputies arrived at the Church Hill neighborhood 
and spoke with the woman who said that for the third time in the last week, her neighbor's pet monkey has tried to bite her and attack her. What happened this time? Well, the monkey jumped up onto her car as she was trying to drive away during the attack and started slamming his hands on the hood of the car and trying to like, break through Like the an angry Caesar. Right. And the deputy noted that there were handprints that, quote, seemed consistent with a monkey on her That's some good detective work right there. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Windshield and on the hood of her car. So then the deputy started speaking to other residents and soon learned, hey, this isn't the first time the primate had done something like this. Basically, this monkey has held this neighborhood hostage for the last couple of weeks. Neighbor across, neighborhood bully. <laughs> neighborhood across the street said she recently had to fend the monkey off with a gigantic stick, according to the report. But it didn't work out for her as the monkey snatched the makeshift stick away from her, leapt onto her back, and started beating her about the neck and face with the stick. You want to come at me with this stick? I got your stick right here. Monkey with a stick. Finally, it ran off and, <laughs> and ran to the owner's house where the victim told police that she could actually hear the victim or the owner scolding the animal. Bad monkey, no! Put that stick down. We, no. really, we really need sound effects for this story. Residents told police that this has been an ongoing issue for quite some time. Sheriff's Office says it's working with the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency to see if charges could be filed for a monkey running at large, according to the report. Here's the issue. Tennessee has some of the most lax laws in the country, though, when it comes to owning a pet monkey, according to Business Insider. It's about one of a dozen states here in the United States that actually does not require a permit for you to own a monkey. And so they don't have a legal leg to stand on. This monkey has to do some actual damage before they can take it away. And right now, it's just kind of being a jerk. It hasn't bitten anybody. Uh, and actually, you know, you could argue for monkey self-defense because it was the woman that took the stick and was trying to hit the monkey first. Monkey was really just trying to Wait, defend itself. The monkey's got a lawyer? <laughs> if you're the owner, don't you get a monkey lawyer? Huh? They're going to take I that guess. monkey away. You, you, I think you got a legitimate cause. I mean, it wasn't the monkey that brought the stick and was starting to attack. This woman was like, get this monkey away from me. The monkey's like, I'll take that stick from you right now, lady. Let's do this. So here's my point. Don't discount monkeys, man. Don't sleep on them. I mean, and... He's intelligent enough not to bite anybody, to get himself into real trouble. <laughs> he just can use implements that are around. And just jump up on people's cars and yeah. slamming stuff around just to remember, hey, I'm a monkey, I'm here. They should be studying this monkey. I'm here. Don't forget about me. I'm watching you. And I'm a monkey. So, there's that. All I'm saying is, don't forget, the original uprising started with monkeys, and they're still here. They're not going to let snakes take it over that easy. Just be warned. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your We're Going to Hell story. Up next, our friend Steve Vern joins us to talk about his new movie, The Opening Act, available now for you to stream and rent. We'll talk about it here in a few minutes. That's next on the X-Rocks. That is Green Day. Welcome to Paradise here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. It's time to catch up with our friend Steve Byrne. He is a comedian, been on the show several times, talked about, God, way back in the day, talking about his TBS series Sullivan and Son. 
Uh, that was on the air for a long time. He has a couple of stand-up specials as well you can enjoy and finally has a movie out for you to rent, download, stream, whatever you want to do. It is called The Opening Act. It features a ton of your favorite comedians that are working today. Bill Burr is in the movie. Cedric the Entertainer is in the movie. Uh, James O'Wang, who has been on the show as well before, uh, is the star of the movie. And it's written and directed by our friend Steve Byrne, who joins us on the show right now. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for joining us. I imagine it's been a pretty crazy time, right? <laughs> well, it's... Uh... <laughs> It was it was definitely a blur, but it was so fun getting to work with so many stand-up comedians that happened to be my friends. So every day on the set was pretty darn fun. I, I, I can't say that it was ever a bad day. Is it difficult sometimes? I mean, because because of the fun and because you guys are, are, are such great at what you do uh, with, with comedy that when you're in the middle of it, do you, sometimes you end up wanting to change course from what you've written down here and you're directing and, and it's hard to want to let go of what you've written down, but maybe this scene would work better with what we got going on here? Yeah, I, 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 that's a great question. Um, when you have so many stand-up comics in the film like the opening act, you're thinking, oh my God, this, this, they must have improv so much. But really to tell the journey of this kid who's going on the road for the very first time, it's all put in place narratively so you had to adhere to the story beats so i would say that really the only stuff that's in the film that's improvised is the actual stand-up that the comics do the only stand-up that i wrote was the very last set that the character performs on sunday night in the movie uh that stand-up i wrote but the stand-up was really the only stuff that was improvised in the film Nice, nice. Of course, uh, Steve, you, you wrote and directed the opening act. Uh, not your first time behind the camera, but the first movie you did make was a documentary. This one, obviously, a little bit different. Uh, what was the differences for you? Easier, harder to do this one this time around? Like a, a narrative? Well, the biggest difference was the budget, that's for sure, because <laughs> the documentary came out of my own pocket. But but I, I would say that, um, yeah, directing for the first time was an amazing experience. There's such a, a huge difference, because when you're doing a documentary... You're kind of like working on a skeleton crew, and with this one, we had an actual, you know, a crew, and the difficult part for me was maintaining, make sure we made our day every day, because we were doing, on average, 10 to 12 pages of script a day, and a normal movie that would be filmed would do six to seven, maybe eight pages max a day. So we were doing double the, double the time, and like a Marvel movie, for example, might do two to four pages a day. So we were really running and gunning on this one. Check it out on demand wherever you want to get it. It's a great place to get your hands on a movie like right out of the gate. Uh, but obviously you're releasing the movie in the middle of a stinking pandemic, of course. Did that, did that screw up any of your release plans or how this was all supposed to come out? Yeah, it, it definitely screwed with a lot of the things. But, you know, again, if you want to see it in select theaters, I think you have to travel to a red state. But yeah. for the rest of us, you kind of do it at home. But, yeah, we, we had a premiere. We had film festivals we were going to do. And it all kind of went for naught. And I'm here in Los Angeles, and we're going to, my wife and I are just going to go to a drive in movie theater and watch it like everybody else. There's no premiere. So I'm going to do it like Pee Wee's Big Adventure at the end, where he's just <laughs> walking with a bucket of popcorn and sees all his friends and Large March and all that stuff. So that's how I'm going to do it, man. Uh, you know, and great. We can see it here in Idaho. I mean, uh, we're about as red as you can get, uh, Steve. Um, but I, watching the trailer, uh, I, I do have a, a question for you. And sure. uh, I saw a scene in there where uh, the, the main character is in uh, a radio station and and uh, Nick and I here were kind of complaining it's like it's always a morning zoo with these uh, with these uh, snippets for movies and whatnot and and sometimes I'm like man uh, is that how everybody looks at radio morning shows well the worst 
worst of it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the worst of the worst of situations, and that that's really what the film is about. The film is about a kid's again first time on the road and the gauntlet of responsibilities you have working at a professional comedy club for the very first time from hecklers to bachelorette parties to doing morning radio for the first time it's all these experiences that a young comic has never experienced and of course you're going to fail miserably for a comedic element and 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 our our lead character does i had to put that element of failure in it because comics fail every step of the way and that's what i think a lot of people don't realize is yes you've been to a comedy club but you've never been on the road and when you're on the road you're going to be exposed to the consistent pattern of failure early on in a comedian's career. Steve Byrne joins us. He is the writer-director of the new movie, The Opening Act, and it is available on demand this Friday. You can check it out, Digital HD, that way as well. Uh, let's talk Jimmy O. Yang for a second, Steve. We've had him on the show before. Very funny dude. Awesome. If you've watched Silicon Valley, you're familiar with his work. Uh, when you, I imagine you were involved in the casting as well. When you saw Jimmy, what was it about him that said, you know what, here's my lead? Uh, well, you know, again, because it's semi-autobiographical, um, I, I happen to be a writer and director who happens to be Korean and Irish, and I, I never made it a point of making being Asian part of the story. I don't need to do that. I don't, I don't like forced diversity from Hollywood. I, as a matter of fact, I can't stand it. So when I was casting it, Vince suggested, hey, let's go after an Asian to be symbolic of you and your career. And so we cast Jimmy O. Yang in it. Uh, there's very few stand-up comedians that are Asian. There's very few stand-up comedians that are Asian that are also working actors. And Jimmy was at the top of the list. And he was the first one we went, to, went out to. And lo and behold, here we go. You know, he was great. And then we got Alex Moffer from SNL playing the feature act. Cedric the Entertainer playing the headliner, and you got Whitney Cummings, Eliza Schlesinger, Kathleen Madigan, Angela Johnson, Bill Burr, Ken Jeong, Tom Segura, Neil Brennan, Russell Peters, Roy Wood Jr., and so many other comics in this. And as a badge of honor, every one of them that's seen the film has called me and told me the same three things. I love it. It's so authentic. And you just re-triggered all these horrible memories from early in <laughs> my career. i got to go see my therapist, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, Steve. Fantastic. You know, uh, you did mention that a lot of it is autobiographical, kind of based on your beginnings in the world of comedy. Is there, uh, is like the Cedric the Entertainer character kind of like a, a mishmash of a bunch of people? Or was there a particular comedian that really did take you under his wing or her? wing and make sure that you kind of knew the ropes yeah it's a great question um the 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 character that the headliner is based off of look i was will in the character of the mc i certainly was the party boy chris palmer that alex portrays and currently now in my life i am billy g the headliner but billy g is named billy g after billy gardell who was on mike and molly and he's currently on bob loves have a show on cbs mm -hmm. And he was an enormous presence early on in my headlining career, and he really taught me what it means to be a headliner. And one of the lines he told me when I was a younger comic was something that stuck in my head like a one-hit wonder. He always said, when I was a younger comic, I used to think I had to make the audience laugh so that I feel good. Now I know I make the audience laugh so that they feel good. It's the best job in the world. And I remember him telling me that, and it made it in the film. It's one of the best lines in the film, and it's all because of Gardell. And I really appreciate him for being such a great mentor, but an inspiration for Cedric's character. You know, Steve, you've, you've been doing this for a while. You you still do stand-up. You obviously make your, your money doing that. That's your bread and butter. Are, are you, you really enjoying this writing, directing, motion picture stuff? Do you feel like you may want to tackle this again, or is it a been there, done that situation? I would love to continue to do it because, as you guys know, comedy is a profession of solitude. I'm always by myself. I see movies by myself. I eat by myself. I, you know, I, I drink by myself sometimes when it's really bad. 
<laughs> but but getting to be part of a team and even working with Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley on this, this is a time capsule in my life that years from now I'll be able to look at this film and say, we made the greatest film about stand-up comedy, and I did it with my two best friends and some of my closest friends in comedy. And that makes me really, really proud of this project. Yeah, man, cannot wait yeah. to see it. It looks hilarious. It looks awesome. It's called The Opening Act and On Demand there as well. You can pick it up on Amazon, Apple, iTunes, wherever you want to go. But it's definitely worth a watch. We'll definitely be doing that. And, Steve, thanks for, again for making some time for us, man. We appreciate it. You bet. I really appreciate it. Best to you guys. Continued success. And whenever you want to talk smack on anybody, <laughs> man, cow, any of those DJs, you let me know. I'm there with you. I know them all. We'll do it. We'll do it, Steve. All right. Thank Take you, care, brother. Fellas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Traffic. Thanks for the PTSD. <laughs> Remember Steve? Man cow on the X picture? Oh, yeah, I do. You don't want to know why? I'll tell you why, because I sat right over there after being fired from a morning show <laughs> running the soundboard for Man Cow. <laughs> Good times, right? That's what it takes to be the number one morning show in the Treasure Valley, <laughs> by the way. Trauma? Yeah. How about we uh, step inside the. Important stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Well, there's one thing you can't deny about the pandemic. It doesn't matter what state you live in. One thing has been common. People have been wanting to get the hell out of the big cities since this whole thing came down. A housing expert says that it did fuel a desire to kind of get out of the suburbs as of recently. Uh, Brian Carlock is a real estate lender at a uh, company called PwC and says that the trend was there a little bit before the pandemic, but it accelerated it significantly when it happened as a result. Uh, You know, you look at places like New York City, you look at places like, uh, you know, Atlanta or Los Angeles and people, uh, especially since July 1st, vacating the large city area and decided to move to the suburbs for more space. Other reasons, uh, people are officially ditching city life, affordability, convenience. He says that's put pressure on home builders to create more houses. Uh, Even cities like Austin, Texas, Dallas, Atlanta, Denver, even here in Boise, people are moving out of the city and out into a little bit more of a less developed area. While the housing boom continues here in the Treasure Valley, the outskirts and the places around the Treasure Valley also have seen a huge uptick in people moving there. Hell, even people selling their houses that have been in Boise forever because the housing market's so big there and then moving into a larger place a little bit further away from the city has been a thing. Yeah, well, that might be just uh, make some money. Sure, sure, it doesn't hurt. But also, I mean, you know, it, you could you could make that money and then move into another place in the city if you really wanted to, Right. But you decided that you wanted to move to the upsize. I'll tell you what. Well, no, that's true. But not everybody that does that needs to upsize. Exactly. Either way, it is a thing. It is happening. And the trend continues to rise as the pandemic goes on longer and longer. Boise State opening up its football season tomorrow. 5, 10 p.m. kickoff. Albertson Stadium. Zero fans allowed in. Cardboard cutouts will be there you can see it on tv on fox sports one they're taking on the utah state aggies big j your final score prediction one more time uh 42 28 in favor of the broncos so we'll see how the season kicks off tomorrow eagles win last night on a comeback victory over the giants 22 21 full slate of games set up for the nfl this weekend college football as well as the big 10 kicks off their season 
And we got game three of the World Series tonight. Somebody's going to go up two to one in that best of seven matchup. They keep trying and trying with this thing. Cartoons, live action, all sorts of stuff. And the Adams family is coming back again. This time with somebody that it's kind of crazy they haven't worked together before. Tim Burton. Whoa. It seems like Tim Burton and the Adams family would go together like yeah. peanut butter and jelly. Uh, but apparently the veteran filmmaker is headed to television for the first time ever for a new live action adaptation of America's Spookiest Family. Burton is negotiating as an executive producer and to direct all episodes of the new reboot. Additional details are scarce, but the show will be set in modern times, and it would instead follow the point of view of young Wednesday Adams in this family as opposed to the parents as it focused on in the other side of things. So we'll kind of give it a young adult slant if you're looking for that. But that could be what Tim Burton is working on next. You a fan of Adam's Family? I mean, I didn't mind it. Now, in what indoctrination did Both you not the, mind Both the it? TV show and, and the movie. Raul Julie was was great. Okay, and the old school TV yeah. show? But you didn't watch like the, the latest cartoon that had no. uh, Charlize Theron well, or anything no, like that? No, I didn't. And it, you're not really no. a cartoon guy. It's not really for you, but... Uh, it did not do well, and we'll see if this TV show does, if it even makes it to the small screen. Morning After with Nick and Big J, there's important stuff. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yeah, let's get you some Haunted World tickets, huh? The Haunted World attractions are open uh, all the way through the 31st, so uh, let's get you out there. 21 years, Nick, of uh, scarizing Idaho. It's pretty dang cool, so uh, we'll enjoy uh, some... Halloween-style pop culture smackdown. Just got to beat me to get these tickets. 208-287-1003. If you think you got some scary movie knowledge enough to best Big J and grab these tickets for your very own, that is part of the fun. Let's go to the phones, get ourselves a contestant. Hello, the X. Hey, good morning. Good morning, man. What's your name? Michael. All right, Michael, you are up first. Michael, what all-time great scary movie and sci-fi movie had the tagline, In Space, No One Can Hear You Scream? Um, alien? That is correct. Right. Big J, in what movie does somebody get hit in the face with an axe while listening to the song Hip to be Square by Huey Lewis? Uh, Friday the 13th? Wrong. No, no, no. Friday the 13th, I believe, was released before Huey Lewis was really a thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's a much more modern movie. Nothing? No. What if I said it's got uh, Batman in it? The Batman you really like. Oh, oh man, uh, that would be. Now, uh... yeah, now I can't remember that movie. Christian Bale. That's right. Do you happen but to I... know, Michael? You win no matter what. But Batman Rises? No, no, it's no, not no, a Batman no. movie. It just has Batman. In... It's um, Psycho something. Right? American Psycho. American right. Psycho. American Psycho. A movie Psycho. I've never seen. Oh well, then that would be a difficult question to answer. Well, uh, I did my best. Hang on, I mean, Michael. Come on. You got yourself all set up and good to go. Uh, why not? How come you never saw it? It was. It was not something that really interested me. And then as time moved on, of course, it's one of. You know, Christian Bale's, I guess, you know, beginning movies, right? That's certainly an iconic performance by him. Yeah, um, I just haven't gotten around to it. He's great in it, which is weird, because you, you, uh, you watch shows all about serial killers the whole time. All the time. Uh-huh. 
You're right. Can't watch a movie about it? No. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your pop culture smackdown. I refuse. Coming up in a few minutes, you got yourself some headlines. That's next on the X-Rocks. Why buy a used car at just any dealer in the Idaho Center Auto Shuffle. It's time for Headlines on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Brought to you by Team Mazda and the pre-owned Superstore. Their website, GoTeamMazda.com. It's a great place to get started for your next newer used car venture. Of course, they have the $5 car sale happening this weekend at the old Kmart in Nampa, along with the Tradeathon Marathon. So, a great place to get a newer used vehicle this weekend, courtesy of Team Mazda. Yeah. Headlines are as follows. Thanks, Kitty. Need a lawyer? And that's not okay. Thanks, Kitty. Look what the cat dragged in, or don't, as it's kind of terrifying. Wildlife officials in Florida say that Kay Rogers of Palm Harbor called them after her daughter's cat, Olive, carried a two-headed snake into their living room. Oh, my God. The snake is a black racer and is now in care of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission Research Institute. They note that the two-headed snake's condition is pretty uncommon. And the creature would have been unlikely to survive in the wild due to having two independent brains. That makes it easy, difficult to eat and, of course, escape from predators, too. Two heads doing two different things, you know what I mean? There's I mean, a nightmare fuel for you, Big J. Not only is it nightmare fuel, though, but here's the worst part. I feel really bad for it. You have empathy for the two-headed like, snake? I really do. I feel terrible because it's an aberration. Uh, I'm surprised the cat didn't kill it before it brought it inside. You know what I mean? I guess it's still maybe, alive. Maybe cat felt some empathy, too. That could be. Maybe I need to save this two-headed snake from whatever My snake fate. friend. Help my snake friend. Please? Hello? Need a lawyer or that's not okay? That's not okay. It's a good way to find yourself in trouble. Four men in New Jersey were busted for allegedly planning to shoot bowling balls out of a cannon on Saturday. Police in the Atlantic City bomb squad were called after Daniel Galloway and his three pals were allegedly seen hauling a big gigantic cannon through a field on a trailer attached to a pickup truck in Vineland. Following reports of a loud explosion in the area, too, authorities found fireworks, bowling balls, and a box of powdery black explosive chemicals. The men told police they wanted to shoot balls out of the cannon, but it wasn't exactly clear why. Because you could. Because you can, America. A bunch of meth was also found in the truck. Big Jane oh, case, man. you're curious. Uh, it ruins all the fun. Yeah, meth and cannonball seems like a bad combination. I'm not sure what a good combination would be, but that seems like a bad one. The four men that were there faced various charges because, uh, believe it or not, Big J, it's not okay to fire off a cannon these days. Well, unless you have a permit of some sort. Right. But I'm not sure where you would get a cannon permit. The yeah. cannon permit shot. Oh, yeah, right there on Chinden, right? Uh, we'll wrap it up with need a lawyer. It seems this attorney will need to find a good attorney. Miami lawyer Aaron Honaker was arrested on Tuesday evening after the FBI called him a serial bank robber. Honaker is accused of robbing five banks in September the 30th. He allegedly robbed four Coral Gables banks and one bank in Aventura. He was charged by a criminal complaint, meaning prosecutors will have to show they have probable cause to move forward with their case against him. But if a judge makes that finding, the U.S. Attorney's Office will seek a grand jury indictment. Charging Gables with many bank robberies, most likely in November. They don't say how he did it, why he did it, how he got away with it five different times either. But apparently, uh, Honaker used some information he was getting from former clients in order to perfect his bank robbing skills. Wow. Now, it's my understanding the lawyers make pretty good money. 
Unless he's got a serious problem why he would need to supplement his income with bank robberies. Seems like he just well, the, bad money you know, management. Could be also that people do things for other reasons. Robbing banks for fun? Uh, you know, the thrill of it. Yeah, I guess. The ego. That's a weird that's a weird thing to get your thrills with. A lot of weird people out there, man. Touche. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on everything. Bad Flower and 30 here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. And like it or not, we're going to have to drag some people kicking and screaming into the 21st century, Big J. Yeah, I guess. Still not really sure why uh, this decision has been made. But uh, Peanuts, uh, you know, uh, the old cartoon, uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas, which has been a staple. And also it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown uh, going to be exclusively on the Apple TV Plus platform and not going to be on broadcast television. Uh, ABC owned the rights uh, since 2000. Apple bought it up in 2018, and that's what's happening. So uh, people are upset that they're not able to watch it on regular TV? Pretty much, yeah. And uh, one person saying, uh, quote, the point of having them on network TV is the country coming together watching them at the same time. That's being taken away from us. <laughs> the peanut specials are one of the very few things that brings us together. I'm not even sure that would bring us together this year. Uh, I know it wouldn't bring you together. You're not a Peanuts fan. I know that much. Uh, I, I remember that specifically from Pop Culture Smackdown in the past. I mean, I've watched it. I mean, how many times can you watch this special over uh, and over? Yeah, again? well, I mean, well, it's a tradition for some people. That, I mean, you know, some people watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer every year for true uh, for Christmas, and so that could be a thing. But the other part of it is these things are all readily available on other platforms. While it's exclusively streaming on Apple, it's still purchasable. It's still you're still able to get these things and find them if you want to. It's just uh, the any kind of effort that we have to put into anything uh, just results in complaints at this point. <laughs> Because it's not where it always has been, it becomes a pain in our ass. And it's like, come on, man. Uh, it's okay. You can find it if you really want to find it, is my point. Well, you got to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, a little different than broadcast television. I suppose but. that's true. But, I mean, you know, you can throw down for it for, like, uh, $12 on Amazon if you want to, too. And have it to own and purchase it. And yeah, how much there. do you really want it to bring people together? <laughs> yeah. Is it worth 12 bucks to bring you together? No? Well, quit complaining about it then. We're not all here together, though. Uh, but it is it is certainly a thing that, that people are going to have to get used to. I think it's going to be one of those deals where all those things that I think have been traditions are going to find other places for it. I mean, streaming networks are s- s- snatching things up all the time. You know, what used to be on Netflix is now on Peacock. What used to be on NBC is now streaming on Hulu. What, you know, all these things. We have to kind of get used to it and figure it out. But I think we can do it. And if it's that important to you, you'll find a way to do it. Otherwise, meh. 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 You know? But yeah, streaming is going to have to be the way things are going. Because that's just the way it is with the internet these days. So if you want your Charlie Brown, you're going to have to stream it. You're going to have to pony up to Apple TV to get it. You have Apple TV, right? Yeah, I do. Is it worth it to pay for it? I don't know. I've watched it like eight times. So then no, I would say. If you don't watch it, then it's not worth it. I know you get it for free, so it's different. But... Like, is there anything on there that's worth paying for, in your opinion? Clearly not. <laughs> what is the show that you did watch on there that you uh, like? The morning show? Right. But that's not worth paying for? No, I, no, it's good. But, I mean, you know, not, not a, a subscription for a month. Right. I mean, you could do it for one month and knock it out of the park. Not Big J approved. Apple TV. Morning After with Nick uh, and Big J. Bad Impressions Apple. are next on the x Rock. <laughs> After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. That's right, and we will hook you up. It's it's Halloween time. It's time for you to get scared. 
at the Haunted World. And uh, we've got some tickets. We want you to go. We're going to send them out to you in the mail. So figure out bad impressions here today. Should be pretty easy, and uh, you'll get to go and have some fun. 208-287-1003 is the number that you need to call if you want to play bad impressions for these Haunted World passes. Big J says it's easy today. We'll see. Uh, hello, the X. Hey, man, what's your name? Hello. Hi, hi. Uh, Melissa. All right, Melissa, you're up. I am not the Prince of Darkness. What? Yeah. I am the Prince of Darkness. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That must be right. No. Congratulations, Melissa. You hang on one second. We'll get those Haunted World Sharon! passes coming to you. Why is Ozzy in the news? As much as we want him just to take it easy, Nick. He refuses, and the Prince of Darkness has uh, rescheduled all the European uh, leg of his No More Tours tour for 2022. So he's going to, you know, tour in 2022. I don't know what age that's going to put him at, but man. Yeah, I know. And he added dates to it, too, I saw. Yeah, cart him out with a walker, <laughs> man. Oh, God. Uh, listen, I'm, I guess I'm happy. I'm, I'm proud of him. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's defying the odds. I'll put it that way. More than it's—it's it's really a battle between him and who else? Keith Richards. Who's gonna be on stage <laughs> the longest? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, no United States dates, obviously, on those. It's all European dates that he's making up. But still, uh, they're on the docket for 2022. Commitments have been made. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your bad impressions. We wrap up the show here next on the X Rocks. <laughs> The latest from ACDC, Shot in the Dark. That's how we're going to wrap up the old morning after with Nick and Big J for this week. A tip of the cap, a special thank you to Steve Byrne for showing up on the show today. It was great to talk about his new movie, The Opening Act, which is available now for people to stream, rent, and download if you would like to do so. The um, movie looks very, very funny, and it's always good to have Steve on the show. So yeah. thanks for making time for us. If you missed any of that, you might want to check out the podcast section of xrock.com or the Morning After podcast. It will be up, and our interview with Steve will be there, so you can check it out in its entirety if you're so inclined. Also had a chance to talk about monkey attacks. We talked about snake attacks earlier this week, but monkeys wanting to make sure they're still at least, you know, keeping your head on a swivel for them. You never know. Yeah, and they're... <laughs> They're smart, smarter than you. Jumping on cars, taking sticks away from people. They're not messing around. They've had it up to here. And we also had a chance to give away some prizes today. More of that will come on Monday. We'll start uh, Win Santa's Sack on Monday as well. Your first chance to get qualified will happen with us at 830 with Pop Culture Smackdown. You're going to want to tune in for that. And don't forget that Big J's got a cool little virtual event happening this Saturday, 2 to 4. Old Kmart and Nap is having the Team Mazda Trade-A-Thon Marathon and its $5 car sale this weekend at the Old Kmart and Nampa where you're guaranteed a trade value of up to 130% of book and minimum of two grand if it's a clunker. Plus, you can get into a newer used car for $5 and Big J will be talking all about that from 2 to 4 tomorrow uh, here on the X. That leaves you with the floor, sir. Hey, uh, Michael Deeds from the Idaho Station just broke some huge news, Nick, and that is uh, the fact that In-N-Out will be coming to the Boise Treasure Valley area in the next five years. Is that true? Yes. Uh, how Five years? That seems like a long time. Uh, hey, you know what? It's better than never. That's true. But how do they it, know it's going to happen in the five years? Do they actually like do like the talk, whole like announcement kind yeah, of? Yeah, talk to well, they talked to uh, he he talked to uh, one of the uh, the people there at In and Out, and he had said uh, th- there was a new In and Out that was opening in Utah. Blah blah. I don't want to get into it. I'm just saying uh, it's another reason to live for some people. <laughs> so five I got years five from now, years to to live to try to be healthy so I can be unhealthy. Let me ask you this: in the five years that it may take for In and Out to actually come here, how many double doubles will you have in that time? Give me an over under. 
15. Okay. I mean, that's a... I mean, it's not like you're really jonesing for in and out then. Right? Yeah, no. Well, no, but I mean, how many often times am I going to get out and being about in a place that has in and out? Sounds like I 15 mean, times. Well, or at least three times, and then I hit that place multiple <laughs> times. That happens. <laughs> Just you know. Something to look forward to. I know there's in and out fans out there for sure, and uh, five years is what we've got. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will see you on Monday. Jason Drew's up next. Have a good one. It's the X-Rocks. <laughs>